Hello, everyone, and welcome to Police Off the Cuff Real Crime Stories slash Coffee with Cannon. I'm your host, Bill Cannon. I'm a retired 27-year veteran of the NYPD, retired as a sergeant at a Manhattan North Homicide Squad. Uh, some interesting stuff going on in the country, and first I just want to um, pat ourselves on the back for a great show last night. We had Tommy Dades on, and we spoke about uh, his book, Friends of the Family, and uh, the Mafia Cops, Louis Ippolito and Stephen Caracappa. And we took a sort of a deep dive into that. And Tommy Dades is a damn organized crime encyclopedia. How great to have him on, uh, on the show, you know. And he's going to fill in um, for Phil Grimaldi when Phil goes on vacation from April 15th to April 22nd. So all you folks in the chat that are calling for Tommy Dades to have his own show, well, it's going to be the closest he gets to it to fill in for Phil. But I'm thrilled to have Tommy as a, as a co-host. And uh, I know, and, uh, and you guys, I know that this stuff looks easy, like anyone can do it. And um, it's not that easy. You know, I'll just tell you that. It's not that easy. I've done over 600 shows. And maybe that's why sometimes, and to pat myself on the back, we make it sometimes look a little easy, you know? Well, one of the things that I wanted to cover today, look at all you folks in the chat. Good to see you. Real with Robo. My God, you're here again. Great to see you. Um, was in the middle of a trial and left to watch you. Make it good, Can. <laughs> I love Real with Robo. She's so to the point. Barbara Riley, good morning from Idaho. Lorna McKenzie, hello. Holly Chick, hello, Holly Chick. I haven't seen you in a while. Summer supporter, hello. Ruthann Griffin, hi, Sergeant Bill. Enjoy the show last night. Thank you so much. I don't know if you guys have been watching what's been going on in Miami, but there's a state of emergency right now. And specifically, it's tied into spring break. And I'm going to show a little bit of some of the um, of the video going around the country right now, the news, because it's a real serious situation, you know, and um, it's it's no joke because there's lots of people and too much violence. And that's that's one of the big problems uh, gunfire. And here we will play this here. Florida, where the city of Miami Beach has declared a state of emergency. Another yet, after another outbreak of violence there during spring break, midnight curfews have been extended through at least the weekend to try and keep people off the streets. This latest incident involved a shooting that sent visitors while scrambling for their lives. Manuel Bohorkas is in Miami Beach with more on the story. <laughs> Gunfire on a packed South Beach street sent crowds of visitors and spring breakers running for cover. This was just one of two shootings that happened this past weekend. We've had five people shot on our streets in the middle of Miami Beach. There's nothing to discuss. This is a public safety emergency. This video shows officers in golf carts trapped by a crowd of partygoers. Nine officers have been injured. Dan Gelber is the mayor of Miami Beach. I know it sounds unusual for a mayor of a destination city to say this, but we don't want spring break. Authorities have impounded 100 firearms over the last month. And it's not just in Miami Beach. There were at least 10 mass shootings across the U.S. this past weekend alone. So we can't really just uh, stop people from coming onto the city, but we can implement a curfew which makes them less likely to want to be here. The emergency declaration sets a curfew from midnight to 6 a.m. every night through Monday and bars some alcohol sales after 6 p.m. Wayne and Alicia Lanier are visiting from Birmingham, Alabama. 
as moms and dads, we understand that um, sometimes you have to implement function. Curfew is, is, is the right thing to do. I'm okay with it. But there are critics, some in the business community who stand to lose money, and others who say the city's actions unfairly target the largely black crowds. How do you respond to critics who say that this is unfairly targeting young black visitors? Well, it's targeting young people uh, that are here and acting in a way that they shouldn't. So it's obviously targeting behavior and nothing else. Of the injured officers and five shooting victims, none is said to have life-threatening injuries. That curfew will be lifted on Monday, but the mayor said if necessary, they will bring it back. Unbelievable, guys. I don't know if you heard the statistic, but they said in the last month, they took 100 guns off the streets there. 100 guns. I mean, that's not one of the things, that's not in my checklist when I go to the beach. Let's see, picnic basket, drinks, sandwiches, uh, flip-flops, suntan block, uh, gun. No, I, I don't bring a gun with me when I go to the beach. Why are people bringing guns to South Beach, you know? It's just like, it's just un- incredible. Like, And then five people shot. You know, the interesting thing to me is, like, you heard the mayor say, they don't want spring break. Even with all the millions of dollars that it brings in, it's probably not worth it to them. Uh, David Kahn, that's what this country has come to. No values, no respect for each other. doesn't shock me a bit. It doesn't shock me at all because I've been in the midst of shootings like this where you hope that that, that stray bullet isn't going to catch you, you know? When people indiscriminately fire guns into crowd, that's the worst type of criminal there possibly is. You know, it's just it's just insane. Uh, let, let me play a little bit more so you get the feeling of what the hell is going on in South Beach. It's just like, why would you go there on vacation? Um if if this could happen, if gunfire could erupt at any time, why would you go there? I mean, just incredible. You know, let, let's hear a little bit of this. Miami Beach says enough is enough. The city not declaring an emergency, even imposing a curfew. This after five people were shot in the last two days. Extra officers have been out on patrol because of large crowds for spring break. But the mayor says that has not stopped the violence. We can't endure this anymore. We just simply can't. Uh, This isn't your father's or mother's spring break. This is something wholly different. Miami Beach's curfew will start at 12.01 Thursday morning. That will run until 6 a.m. next Monday. You know, folks, what if you're a mayor of a city, uh, you can't put up with this. I mean, there are also, besides the public safety aspect of it, there is civil aspects, you know, as the mayor of a city, you have to provide safety for the people that visit there. How are you going to provide safety if there's gunfire all over the place? You know, it's just, it's, I just, anyone have any suggestions? What do we do? What do we do to curb this violence in South Beach? The shooting happened 15, 15 feet from a whole bunch of cops. So obviously, the shooter has no respect. He's pulling out a gun in the midst of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of cops. You see the cops got trapped. They couldn't move. They're on a golf cart. They couldn't move within the area. Uh, Schmitty, uh, there's many other places to go, like in your living room with Sergeant Bill to see why you shouldn't go there. Laugh out loud. Yeah, I mean, but what if you're there? 
I mean, Sana Elise Holt Johnson, good to see you. Always good to see you. Guys, if you didn't notice, I, I decided to do the podcast inside today since uh, it's a nasty day outside. You know, it's not uh, the nicest weather, but it's good to be in here with you guys. I'm comfortable. Uh, Lieutenant Pete, Bill, this happens all over Florida and Texas. It's one of the rare times they have courage to call it as it is. Young black youth doing their thing. Sadly, uh, it, it is sad. I'm, you know, Lieutenant Pete, years ago, um, they had a, a Greek festival at Jones Beach on Long Island. And it was the first time in my entire life that I heard of gunfire at Jones Beach. There were gunfights on the beach. And I was just like, that's not supposed to happen here on Long Island. And that was it. They, I don't know how they stopped it, but they stopped the Greek festival at Jones Beach that, that very year they had all that gunfire. And what are you supposed to do if you're a municipality? You can staff it with uh, hundreds and thousands of police, but how do you stop this type of violence? You know, I had one idea, and it can't be implemented now, but if they truly don't want, um, want spring break in their city, they could stop people before they get in there and just make it uh, have enforcement to the level that's going to make people uncomfortable to go there. Open containers, uh, heavy-duty VTL, vehicle and traffic law enforcement, and at the uh, exits and entrances to the city. And that may discourage some people uh, from going in there that have ill, you know, ill will on their mind because – it's, you know, it's not okay. Uh, and one of the things they said about this whole spring break is that the majority of the arrests are of people that are from the South Beach area or from the Florida area. So it's not people coming in for spring break, but it's locals that are causing the problems, causing the trouble. And, you know, you may not have... Uh, predicted that, but that apparently is the situation. Miami Beach has declared a state of emergency after a weekend of spring break chaos. Five people injured in back-to-back shootings. Miami Beach is now imposing a midnight to 6 a.m. curfew starting this Thursday night. But Local 10 has learned for the most part it's not tourists who are causing all the trouble. Local 10's Glenna Milberg. Glad we'll to explain this one. Glenna. You know, right now, 12 blocks from here, spring break central City leaders are meeting at City Hall trying to figure out how to rid Miami Beach of spring break totally. That is what the goal has been for a few years, but the numbers we're now learning, it's not really about spring break tourism at all. The spring breakers may bring the crazy, but it looks like the locals are the ones bringing the crime. Where you from? Maryland. I'm from Jersey. I'm from New York. Nashville, Tennessee. Some first timers, some are spring break regulars. Looking at palm trees, you know, eating good food. <laughs> the special police presence, tourist attraction by day, is overwhelmed by night. City leaders' years long efforts to get spring break off South Beach may seem focused on annual visitors. City of Miami Beach has declared a state of emergency. But stats show the locals may be most to blame. Like the 19-year-old arrested Monday, he's from Hialeah. The Smith & Wesson, with an altered serial number he reportedly ditched, is among 37 weapons seized just in the last few days. Certainly the guns that are here didn't come on an airplane, obviously. So we know that uh, much of the worst conduct is coming from people who literally live 
somewhere near South Florida. According to Miami Beach Police, since spring break enforcement started on February 18th, more than half the citywide arrests are people who live locally in Miami-Dade, causeway crossers, not spring break tourists. Those numbers on track to match spring break one year ago. Then, of 636 arrests in the South Beach Entertainment District, fully 508 of them were locals, more than 100 weapons seized. You can't balance uh, money you're getting from uh, visitors and resort taxes with public safety. So we're always going to err on the side of making sure we're safer than not. Even said the mayor if that might be detrimental to some businesses. So right now there's a lot of ideas being bounced around. Our crews at City Hall report that one of the commissioners actually suggested maybe we pay for businesses to actually shut down during spring break. Uh, there is a lot of disagreement on what kind of steps to take, but it is pretty unanimous that something has to be done to make it safer. Can you imagine that politicians coming up with the idea in order to thwart this violence and this disorder to pay businesses to shut so that the crowds won't come in? Uh, I mean, I don't see that as a viable solution. I mean, punish, well, you are punishing the businesses. However, public safety is a big thing. You have to bring the public safety. There's other ways. There's policing ways. There is, you know, as we said, stop people before they come into Miami. Make it clear that you're not going to put up someone has any kinds of violations. You make it uncomfortable. You enforce the lowest level crimes. And that's going to discourage the criminal element from coming in. It's right now, it's just, uh, it's just crazy. It's just totally outrageous. I mean, is that really an answer that we want to hear from politicians that, oh, shut the businesses down and we'll pay them to shut down? Uh, I mean, it's just, look, one of the things that was interesting to me and I would have never have uh, thought it is that it's the, um, it's the locals that are, you know, they can judge that by the people that are getting arrested. Uh, Jeff Pose, the city goes through this every year and every year it's like their first time experiencing this. This city is a disaster with the current city officials in office. You know, Jeff, when I was an up-and-coming college person, and I one time in my entire life, I had the money to go down to spring break. Four guys drove down to Fort Lauderdale in 1969 Mustang, and we all stayed in the same room. I don't even remember where we stayed, but it used to be in Fort Lauderdale. And then years later, Fort Lauderdale, they want no part of spring break either. So it's not worth all the money that's brought in, it's not worth it to the municipality. D.D. Um, Robert, the hotels and restaurants depend on this, but it makes me sick that it goes on. There is nothing wrong with young people having fun, but when people get hurt, the party's over. Yeah, I don't think that the, the restaurants have to have spring break. I think they do pretty damn well anyway. Santa Elise Holt Johnson, thank you so much for the 40 super sticker. I really appreciate that. Guys, this is Police Off the Cuff, Real Crime Stories. This is the matinee show, Coffee with Cannon. And I just thought when I saw all of this stuff happening in South Beach, I just thought it's a great law enforcement topic. It's something that we should cover, something that we should uh, talk about on the show. And, you know, a lot of cities now uh, are having crime problems. Um, is, it, is it as a result of the uh, George Floyd incident that's carrying over to uh, municipalities 
uh, not conducting proactive policing. That is my theory on this, is that many police departments are afraid to conduct proactive policing. So they're afraid um, to enforce the lower-level crimes. And as a result, the higher-level crimes, as we learned in the broken windows theory, if that's what, if you believe in that, as I do, uh, if you don't address the lower things, the heavier things like shootings and murders and robberies, they take off, you know. Uh, photo files photography. Aloha, guys. Great to see you. Real with Robo. Uh, daily wonder. Yes, it actually is. If you look at the crimes, young black youth pop over is represented. Stop finding race and everything is a fact. And Pete has been at this cop thing a long time. You know, regardless of who it is, it, it has to be brought under control. There has to be proactive policing because people that live in South Beach, people that live in Miami, you can't go out with your family and have to worry about gunfire, people carrying guns, people doing stick-ups. You know, it's just the statistic I heard before was that they took 100 guns off the street in the last month. That's crazy. You know, that's, <coughs> excuse me. That that's nuts. A hundred guns, you know. Uh David Kahn, local perps going to South Beach to get paid, just like perps from Bronx going to Midtown. Uh something. We used to say, um, one of my street crime days, they used to say, Manhattan makes it and Brooklyn takes it. So kids from Brooklyn and the Bronx used to come to Manhattan to get paid, as you say, uh, David Kahn. That was the um that was the lingo the 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 perps used for doing a robbery. I gotta get paid, right? Uh Sweet Melissa, good to see you, sweet Melissa. Our Florida representatives have never been accused of being smart or responsible. I'm not leaving my home right now. Are you in Miami, uh, sweet Melissa? Is that why you're not going out? Uh, Gene Whitehead, Avon representative. Hi, Bill from the UK. Great to see you, Dee Dee Robert. The hotels and restaurants depend on this, but it makes me sick. That goes on. Oh, I read this before, Dee Dee. I don't think they have to have spring break. I think the hotels and the restaurants down there do just fine on a regular basis. I don't think they need an influx of thousands and thousands of people during spring break to survive. I think they're doing very well down there uh, as it is. Photo flies photography. Uh, we used to live at Jacksonville Beach, Atlantic Beach, where the Naval Port is. And when it came time for spring break, we didn't even go near the beaches because it was so out of control. Yeah, I mean... That's what happened to Jones Beach years ago when they had those Greek festivals. It was just, it was nuts. It was out of control. You couldn't even drive there because the traffic was uh, just so backed up, you know. Uh, folks, if you're not subscribed to Police Off the Cuff, please subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Ring that bell and join us. And if you want, you can support us on our Patreon. We have three different levels. And the folks with the green font, there are channel members, and we have five different levels of our channel members. We appreciate you guys. We try to give you extra content. We try to talk to you, and we respect you and love all of our channel members. So, yeah, it's um, this is a situation where it seems uh, that people don't know what to do. Municipalities don't know what to do. Uh, I think they're afraid to... Um, I think they're afraid to enforce the law. I think that's really what it comes down to. Jeff Pose, 
Let's read Jeff's uh, remarks. Also factoring that state attorney fails to go after prosecutions, convictions here in Miami-Dade. If you're going to be a criminal and commit crime, Miami-Dade is where you want to do it. At bond hearing, they let everyone out of jail. No consequences for one's action here in the court system. You know, Jeff, it seems like you're talking about New York with bail reform. We have some of the same problems in New York. I think this is a national problem with the um, decarceral policies. And decarceral means they don't want to put anyone in jail or in prison. So people commit lower-level crimes, like you see these guys fleecing these stores, and they just let them out. There's no penalty. you know. If there's no diversion, well, diversion is what they want to use. But if there's no penalty for committing a crime, people will just do it with impunity. And the penalty seems to be um, the penalty seems to be diversion, you know, a program. Go to Alcoholics Anonymous, go to uh, drug re- What if you're not a drug addict or an alcoholic? You're just an idiot that does crime. So what is the diversion, you know? Sweet Melissa's from the Bronx, the Bronx, D-A-B-R-O-N-X, the Bronx. That's what I used to always say. Uh, Lieutenant Pete, unfortunately, Florida is the f- number one destination. Millions of good state residents hate spring break, you know, uh, I mean, when you look at these crowds, it's just uh, it's just unbelievable. Let's 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 hear a little bit from uh, Ashley Benfield. She weighed in on this on her show. Uh, let's see what she has to say here. I love Ashley Benfield. I think she's a great reporter. Several people were shot over the weekend as parties got out of control and police were overwhelmed. Thousands of people had jammed the streets, leading to a New curfew Thursday through Sunday. The mayor is calling the violence unacceptable. The police union tweeted that the party needs to end. News Nation's Brian Enton is live for us in Miami Beach. Brian, a state of emergency over spring break. It's come to this. Yeah, state of emergency. It's going to go into effect on Thursday. It's pretty quiet out here tonight. It's a Monday night after all. So don't sort of judge it by what you're seeing right now. Ashley, you see the streets are mostly empty. Uh, But Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, it is insanity out here. It's so full. You literally can't even move. And take a look at some of this video um, from Saturday night. This is when things really just went over the edge. Five people were shot out here on Miami Beach's iconic Ocean Drive. Several different police officers were hurt, uh, and it was just chaos. And the mayor and the police chief decided that it was just too much. They're going to put the state of emergency in effect. They basically want all of the spring breakers to go home. Listen to what the mayor said earlier. We can't endure this anymore. We just simply can't. Uh, this isn't your father's or uh, mother's spring break. This is something wholly different. And I've said this before. A lot of us have said this before. We don't ask for spring break. We don't promote it. We don't encourage it. Uh, we just endure it. And frankly, uh, it's not something we want to endure. We don't want spring break. Kind of interesting to hear the mayor say that, Ashley, basically do not come to Miami uh, for spring break. And with the state of emergency, they're going to basically going to try to make it uh, as not fun as possible. Well, you know, a lot of kids uh, plan around this. They pay for these trips. They, you know, talk about it all year. Are they taking it seriously what the grownups are saying to them? You know, Brian Entid hit it on the head. He's saying they're basically saying 
to make it not fun, you know, not make it fun for these people, you know, and that's, uh, that, that's what they're talking about, you know, it's like, make it not fun. Sorry, guys, I think, uh, can everyone hear me now? I froze up for a second, something happened. Uh, give me a one if you can hear it. I just uh, went off the screen for a very quick second. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it, there you have it. I mean, it's just, it's outrageous uh, hearing the stuff that's going on. And, um, you know, in New York right now has its own crime problem. You know, if you haven't been paying attention Okay, everyone's hearing me good. Thanks, guys. I uh, just was. Uh, New York has its own crime problems right now, and they're they're talking about uh, going back, voila, to quality of life enforcement. What you know? What does it take to do that? You know, it's. I mean, a new mayor. Imagine when one of the real progressives got elected. I mean, not that Eric Adams is a uh, conservative; he's far from that. But imagine one of those progressives would have got elected with crime up 59%. Uh, just just outrageous. On the same day Mayor Adams issued his plan to combat crime, there have been at least four shootings in the last 12 hours alone. Security camera video just into our newsroom shows one of the frightening scenes. This one in Coney Island, Brooklyn today. A young girl is seen walking with her family. And seconds later, right after she rounds the corner, she's graced in the stomach by a bullet from a drive-by shooting. CBS 2's Ali Bauman live in, in the Bronx in the Morrisania section where tonight police are investigating another shooting. Allie. That's right, Dana and Dick. Police are still searching for the gunman who shot a 25-year-old man on the basketball court here tonight. Meantime, Mayor Adams says his new neighborhood safety teams will hone in on those committing the violence that is plaguing our city. But some fear it will come at the cost of New Yorkers' liberties. One man hospitalized after being shot in this housing complex on East 166th Street Monday. And in Coney Island, you can see people scatter as shots are fired from a nearby vehicle. A seven-year-old girl was grazed by a stray bullet while walking on Surf Avenue with her mother. They are the latest to drown in New York City's sea of violence. The number of shooting victims up 17% citywide so far this year compared to last. Robberies are up 45%, grand larceny up 60 and crime and transit up 75% since Mayor Eric Adams took office. We're going to stop the river of violence that is feeding the sea of violence. And this team is damming one of those rivers with their activity. Monday, the NYPD rolled out five new neighborhood safety teams in precincts across the city, tasked with taking illegal guns off the street. The commissioner says since dispatching the initial 15 teams last week, they have already made 31 arrests and recovered 10 guns. These impressive results represent the next era of responsive, responsible crime fighting. But in Harlem, where the teams are expanding, some residents are wary of the added officers. There's a lot of uh, gun crime here. So I think it's going to be a good uh, stuff if the police expand uh, this program. We need them, but not the profiling. Most police officers do not respect the community the way that they should. And I think a lot of senior police officials need to be removed for that attitude to be removed from NYPD. Neighborhood safety teams are the latest iteration of the NYPD's anti-crime unit, which was disbanded in 2020 amid calls for police reform. We really have reasons to be concerned that it will actually end up making our communities less safe 
because these teams have a history of violence, including a disproportionate number of police killings of innocent New Yorkers. The mayor insists these new teams will not repeat failures of the past. We're not going to break the law to enforce the law. And unlike the anti-crime units, neighborhood safety teams are in uniform. The commissioner says of the 31 arrests the teams made in their first week, 60% had prior arrests and 26% have ties to gangs or crews. You know, I love these ACLU attorneys. They're so, they're living in their own bubble, the, the bubble of stupidity. You know, her saying that, oh, you know, they, their enforcement just targets people and they use violence. You know, yeah, they'll use violence when they're shot at, when they need to use it to respond to the violence of the street. These ACLU people would rather surrender the streets to the perps and, and then the hell with the victims, the good people that go to work every single day. Jeff Pose, I left the job in 2000 for the last 12 years. I own a bail bond business here in Miami-Dade, Florida. I know about the crime very well here as I see every arrest that is made all day long, every day, 24-7. I also work closely with the Miami Beach Police Department and police chief running a resident beach crime prevention Facebook page. Good for you, Jeff. You're doing something to uh, give back to the community, to help the community. I mean, this crime problem, it, it, it's right, uh, I believe it's a national problem right now. And it's not this, just this spring break thing, as we see in New York. Uh, and as Lieutenant Peter was a great street crime lieutenant back in the day, these neighborhood safety teams, I mean, they're better than nothing because they're in unmarked cars and they're targeting gun crime. However, to be most effective, they need to be in plain clothes. Anyone that's ever worked anti-crime, citywide street crime knows this. You need to move around stealthily. You need to be able to blend in with the crowd and, uh, to wear uniforms that says police and they're more concerned with the conduct of the police than they are of the conduct of the criminals. Uh, James Price, who would stop these idiot teens better? The no bail, endless probation court system or gas pipe case or breaking their, well, I don't, that's not James. That's not really an option that in a civilized society, gas pipe case is uh six feet under anyway. Um, so all of this is a national problem. And last, um, the statistics last month were, and I, I have them with me, is that crime in the seven majors last month went up nearly 59%, 58.7%. Robbery was up 56%. Grand larceny, 79.2%. How about this one? Grand larceny auto means the stealing of cars. 104.7%. Murder, up 10.3%. Rape, up 35.4%. Assault, 22.3%. And burglary, up 44%. I mean, outrageous, right? So they're, now they're talking, finally talking about let's enforce quality of life again. You know, let's enforce quality of life. It's not rocket science. In the years that they... Uh, went to broken windows policing. Uh, I believe it started in 1990 with Bill Bratton, um, Jack Maple, John Timoney was the uh, chief of the department back then. It's when Comstat first started. In those years, they lowered the seven major crimes in New York City 70, 70%. 
When you hear progressives saying that it doesn't work, what are they referring to? They're always referring to the science of statistics. When we give them those statistics, they insist it doesn't work. I mean, what are they looking at? I always, when I read the New York Times, I always get pissed when they said, there's no evidence. They actually said this in an article. There's no evidence that bail reform is causing an uptick in crime. Meanwhile, the police department puts out statistics. Is the New York City Police Department not the experts in crime fighting and in crime and in collecting the st statistics? Are they not the experts? As far as I can, I'm concerned, yeah, they are. The New York Times is not. The New York Times actually wrote an article that said, there's no evidence between a correlation between bail reform and the increase in crime. The police department is saying exactly the opposite. So who do you believe, this leftist journalist from the New York Times or the police department who collects these statistics? Even uh, Cuomo, who was behind bail reform, admits that it's a failure. Of course, now, because he wants to run again and he's reading the polls. Adams probably wouldn't have... Uh, been behind it. He admits that bail reform is a failure. Hochul, who is currently the governor, now she wants to run, of course, in November. She now all of a sudden sees, oh, there's a problem with bail reform because they're reading the polls. That's what they don't care. They want to get elected. They really don't care other than about themselves. Real with Robo. Criminals should be scared to death of cops. A show I watched showed the NYP getting loose during the 70s crack era. And they cleaned it up like bosses. Unfortunately, uh, the NYPD doesn't have the uh, backing of the politicians. And there's a fine line between aggressive policing and going overboard. And no community wants police that go overboard, go overboard with violating people's civil rights or going overboard with violence against the community. There's no community that wants that. So there's a fine line between aggressive policing and doing the job within the parameters of the law and within the parameters of not violating people's civil rights. And that's a, a tightrope that all police departments walk in this day and age. Uh, so it's, you know, it's, it's a thing that, uh, you know, we have to be mindful of. We have to always be walking that tightrope. But public safety is one of the most important things in any city. Uh, in any municipality, public safety is so damn important, and communities that don't take care of it have this big problems. Pro proactive enforcement, which is really just a fancy way of saying that the police department is going to go after crimes that negatively affect New Yorkers' way of life and during everyday encounters, and otherwise they would have previously looked the other way. The days of dealing drugs in public, subway turnstile jugging, and drinking on the streets with immunity are over, according to the NYPD. It's crimes like these, they say, that lead to more violent crimes committed by people hurting or killing innocent New Yorkers. So the city's new police commissioner has ordered officers to crack down on so-called quality of life crimes, where in the past, they'd often look the other way. Of course we want it safe over here, but you know, at the same time, you know, we don't want, you know, they just bring light, they just run up on people. While officials insist this is not a return to stop and frisk tactics, it resembles a proactive 
broken window style of policing, as Mayor Adams is reportedly dissatisfied with the NYPD's efforts during his first three months in office. We're going to push our initiatives forward. Aside from the new neighborhood safety anti-gun units just deployed, this strategy will stifle the smaller crimes, as 311 complaints about drinking on the street have recently doubled, as well as loud outdoor parties, which at times lead to shootings. The first wave of enforcement will target the Bronx and Brooklyn, specifically Brownsville, East New York, and Cypress Hills. In each borough, 17 police precincts account for nearly half of the city's total shootings. Though civil liberties advocates are concerned. It's threatened to harm yet another generation of young black men. And that's not where we need to go. Well, Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell pushed back against the notion of that, saying, to be clear, this is not a return to stop, question, and frisk. This enforcement will be responsive to community concerns, complaints, and will address violent crime patterns officers and detectives are confronting on the streets every day. You know, folks, uh, stop, question, and frisk is one of the most important tools that a, a proactive police officer has. And it's been demonized by the press. It's been demonized by politicians. But I don't think they really understand what it is, you know. And they cannot take away stop, question, and frisk. It's the law. It's, and it's allowed. However, they do make police officers fill out lots of paperwork when they do make a stop, a question, and a frisk. Stop and question, not always a frisk. That's why I... I go crazy when the media calls it stop and frisk and they just took it upon themselves to get rid of 33 percent of that procedure it's called stop question and frisk it was never called stop and frisk the media hijacked that term because they wanted to, to disparage police for conducting stop question and, and frisks and very successful you know Stop questioning. Maureen Sarati, good to see you. Former member of the service, retired member of the service, detective. Great to see you listening. I hope you're subscribed, Maureen. I don't want to have, have to slap cops on the hand for not being subscribed to us, but thanks for coming by. Uh, uh, Patty L., let's stop looking at color, but the crimes committed equal cuffs on criminals. You know, we got to go after gun crime because, you know, innocent people are getting killed. We also have to go after um, quality of life crimes and lower level crimes. You know, there was a CVS on 50th street, I believe in eighth Avenue that was totally put out of business because they refused to prosecute pettit larcenies and the store just could not endure all the theft. And they, they went out of business and whose fault is that? Is it, is it the store's fault? Um, Milwaukee civilian. Good to see you. Um, uh, hello, Bill, and all the POC fans. Good to see you guys. Cuomo de Blasio helped destroy New York, XXX. Unfortunately, XXS, I totally agree with you. De Blasio did more damage in his eight years as mayor than any 10 mayors did, you know? Just very discouraging. Uh, I hope he never, we never see him again in New York. Horrendous. Jose Cardenas, go, uh, got to go. Have a good day. Good to see you, Jose. All you guys, all you police off the cuff fans, thank you so much for coming by. I have another show tonight. I just thought when I saw all this stuff going on relative to uh, South Beach 
And then, of course, the quality of life stuff happening uh, in New York City. Um, the mayor claiming that they're going to go after quality of life uh, crimes in order. See, the whole broken windows theory for folks that don't know what it is, It's the theory is if you go after the lower level crimes, that'll take care of some of the higher level crimes. And the, the best example to use for that is jumping the turnstile. Uh, what the transit police discovered when they enforced uh, and they enforced jumping the turnstile, many times they remove dangerous criminals because that person that jumps the turnstile more times than not has a gun on them, a knife, drugs, and they get arrested due to search incidental to lawful arrest. And the police had the power to do that when jumping the turnstile was a theft of service, a misdemeanor. And that tool was largely taken away from them. And these tools that police use to enforce the law are, are extremely, extremely important. And when you take the power away, and you know, another thing that it makes police officers reluctant to take action is all the video cameras out there and all the people uh, videoing them every, every time they take action. Police officers have to be allowed to use physical force. Yet, it never looks good. When someone videotapes them using force, it never looks good. So, uh, the walkie civilian. Uh, New York City is the crucible, but we see the breakdown of law enforcement from Milwaukee to South Beach, from San Francisco to Chicago. New York City is the canary in the coal mine. Well, New York City was the experiment, experimental city with broken windows theory of uh, quality policing and Comstat. And Comstat was so successful that it, it was used in almost every police department in this nation. They copied New York City. However, we've gotten away from that and we've gotten away from quality of life um, policing. And as a result, we see crime is up. Uh, crime is up in almost every major city. Um, James Price, what about prison reform? Just looking out for a few years in a criminal college doesn't help. We could give them a skill for when they get out with a felony, they screwed up and go back to crime. You know, James, uh, there's many theories on this. Uh, I think that's anyone that commits, and it's never one felony, anyone that commits multiple felonies deserves a prison cell, all right? And I'm not one of those people that say, oh, let's give them a diversionary program. Diversion. There's no statistics that they can point to that shows at all that diversion works. There's no statistic. And they'll even, well, you ask, you ask a progressive, show me the stats on how diversion works, and they'll be like, well, they know it doesn't work. So anyone that com commits multiple felonies needs to have a, a prison cell assigned to them, and they need to be assigned to that cell. Because you know why? You have to pr uh, protect the populace, the people going to work every day, the people doing the right thing, the people paying their taxes. Or you're going to see what's happening in New York City and New York State right now. People are fleeing New York right now. A, because of the high taxes, B, because of the crime, and C, because every time they turn around, there's some other restriction on the people that are paying the taxes. Do you know in 2023, and I'm convinced this is because of people jumping the turnstile, They've instituted something called congestion pricing. So if you drive your car into the city, 
and you go below a certain street, they're going to hit you for $11, $15, $20. It's enough that you pay a fortune to register your car, a fortune for insurance, a fortune to put gasoline in your car. Now they're going to hit you with tolls within the city. However, they'll just let people jump the turnstile with impunity. I think that's a, um, that's a redistribution of wealth. And I'll say that proudly because I believe that's what it is. They think we're all stupid. And that's what it is. It's a redistribution of wealth. Yes, let let the lower-level criminals jump the turnstile. Let's have the uh, people from the suburbs pay for it, you know. Uh, Deborah Barron, the governor won't remove the DA and his pro-crime policies. How effective will going after low-level crimes be with these two around? Well, I don't think they're going to go after low-level crimes. Uh, Mayor Adams can talk all he wants about it, but if you don't have this, three components to the criminal justice system, I've said this numerous times, there's the police, corrections, and courts. If all three of them are not on the same page, then you're not going to be successful in your fight against crime. Guys, I went on longer than I wanted to. I always do that. Uh, Tonight, we have a really interesting show. Um, We have a company called uh, Converis. And they have this technology where a camera will look into the eye of a person being interviewed. And I don't know if you guys know, but when when you lie, and I'm not saying any of you guys lie, your pupils constrict. And that's a sign of deception. This camera with their software can tell when someone is lying. Conversely, when your pupils get wider, it shows truthfulness, happiness, positivity. So we're going to have the CEO um, from Converis on tonight, Todd Mickelson, and he's going to talk about his software and the uses, not just for law enforcement, but for um, human resources, for people going for jobs. And I think it's a fascinating technology. And that's what our show is going to be about tonight, starting at 9 p.m. So folks, Thank you so much for tuning in today. All you guys uh, go away from your jobs, the TV set, whatever you're doing during the day, and come and listen to Police Off the Cuff, Coffee with Cannon. Duty Ron showed up. Wow, I just see him there. Great show today and tonight will be awesome. Thank you, Duty Ron, one of my biggest supporters. He actually taught me how to do this, your whole, uh, the whole YouTube thing, which is a science in itself. So, folks, thank you so, so much for tuning in today, and hopefully you'll tune in tonight. And uh, I'll see you guys tonight at um, 9 p.m. Have a great day, everyone. One episode.